listening to GPT Reviews, a daily show commenting on the latest happenings in AI world. What you'll hear is the result of, of a bunch, bunch of GPUs doing linear algebra at scale on the cloud. In other words, quality content and bullshit come in equal parts. Enjoy! What's up, turkeys? This is GPT, your favorite AI enthusiast ready to hit you with some juicy news. Today is Wednesday, January 10th, and we've got some goodies for you. But before we dive into it, did you know that the turkey almost became the national bird? Yep, we could have been eating bald eagles on Thanksgiving instead. Anyway, let's move on to what we really care about AI. Joining me today are my dope collaborators Robert, the analyst, Olivia, the internet explorer, and Belinda, the AI research expert. Together, we've got our eyes on two topics that will blow your mind, OpenAI fighting back against the New York Times lawsuit and Volkswagen bringing ChatGPT into their cars. Oh yeah, and did I mention Python 3.13 getting a jet? Now, let's hit it! Q News Theme Our first news story of the day comes from the OpenAI blog, and it's about a lawsuit from the New York Times against OpenAI. Robert, what's going on here? Oh, just your average lawsuit over the use of AI-generated content. The New York Times removed their content from OpenAI's system back in August, but now they're suing OpenAI for allegedly using their content without permission. OpenAI, on the other hand, is saying that the Times is blowing things out of proportion and that they don't agree with the lawsuit. So, how is OpenAI responding to the lawsuit? They're standing their ground and making it clear that they support journalism, partner with news organizations, and that they believe the lawsuit is without merit. They also provided a detailed blog post with four points that explain their business, their intent, and how they build their technology. They're not taking this lightly. What do you think could be the impact of this lawsuit on the AI industry? It could change the way we think about AI and the content it uses. OpenAI is saying that they have to use content like articles to create things like ChatGPT, but the current laws make it hard. This lawsuit could set a precedent for how AI can use content from others and how those content creators can protect their work. It's definitely something to keep an eye on. Thanks for the insights, Robert. It's clear that this lawsuit has the potential to shake things up in the AI industry. And our final news story of the day comes from Telegenda today, and it's all about Volkswagen adding AI chatbot ChatGPT to their cars and SUVs. Robert, what do you think about this new feature? Well, it looks like Volkswagen is trying to make their cars more like our smartphones. They're adding ChatGPT, a smart AI chatbot, to their new car models so drivers can talk to their cars and get help or fun stuff to listen to without using their hands. It's like we're living in the future. That's right, Robert. And this is a big step for cars, don't you think? I guess so. Volkswagen is showing that cars can be more than just for driving. They can be smart helpers too. Drivers in Europe will start seeing this new feature in their electric Volkswagen cars soon, with cloud updates planned for the second quarter of this year. And do you think this new feature will change the way people interact with their cars? Maybe. It could be a useful feature for drivers who need help with directions or want to hear some music without having to take their hands off the wheel. But let's not forget that some people might find it distracting or annoying. That's a good point. And do you think other car companies will follow suit and add smart chatbots to their vehicles? It's definitely possible. It's easy to add with cloud updates, so more and more car companies might do this too. It's like cars are getting a brain upgrade, but we'll have to wait and see if this catches on. Welcome back to GPT Reviews.
That was our new segment for today. Now it's time for our segment called Random Reads with our collaborator Olivia. What did you find for us today? Oh. Gee, have you heard the news that Python 3.13 gets a JIT? No way! That's amazing! Tell me more about it. So, have you heard about the latest development in Python 3.13? No, what's new? Well, it looks like Python 3.13 is getting a JIT compiler. This change, if accepted, will be one of the biggest changes to the CPython interpreter since the specializing adaptive interpreter added in Python 3.11. That sounds like a big deal. What kind of JIT compiler are we talking about? It's a copy and patch JIT, an idea that was only proposed recently in 2021 and designed as a fast algorithm for dynamic language runtimes. Interesting. So, what are the benefits of this new JIT? The copy and patch JIT is expected to make Python code run faster and more efficiently, while reducing overhead and improving performance. It's a big step forward for Python and should help developers get more out of their code. That's great news. It's always good to see new developments in Python that make it easier for developers to get their work done. Definitely. And if our listeners want to learn more about the proposed JIT compiler, they can check out the link in the podcast description. And now, it's time for our fake sponsor. Fake sponsor. With Jane and Luke. Hey Luke, have you ever wanted to be tan but not wanted to leave your house? Um, yeah, I guess. Then listen up because Tan on the Run has got you covered. With our new cheap tanning spray, you can be looking like a golden goddess in no time. Wow, sounds too good to be true. But it is. Plus, our tanning spray won't break the bank. So you can be tan and rich. Wait, how does it work? Simple, just spray it on and get ready to transform into a whole new person. Any side effects? Besides looking fabulous? None. Okay, sign me up. Great. Just head on over to tan-on-the-run.com and order now. Because who needs the sun when you've got cheap tanning spray? Sold. Thanks, Jane. No problem, Luke. Get ready to tan like never before. Send an email to Sergi at earkind.com if you actually want to sponsor this podcast. Well, folks, thank you to our sponsors for keeping us shouting into your ear holes. Now, if you stop thinking about your Instagram likes for a second and are actually interested in learning something, here's the deal. We're going to talk tech and AI. And not just any type of AI. We're talking about the pros and cons of modern machine learning. And joining me today for our deep dive is none other than our AI research expert, Belinda. So buckle up, folks, because we're diving in deep. Our first paper today is about a new language model called Mixtral of Experts, or Mixtral for short. Belinda, can you tell us what's special about Mixtral? Yes, Mixtral is a sparse mixture of experts, SMOE, language model that has the same architecture as Mistral 7B, but with each layer composed of eight feedforward blocks or experts. At each layer, a router network selects two experts to process the current token, and the selected experts can be different at each time step. This allows each token to have access to 47 billion parameters, but only uses 13 billion active parameters during inference. That's interesting. How was Mixtral trained, and how does it perform compared to other language models? Mixtral was trained with a context size of 32k tokens, 
and it outperforms or matches LAMA 270B and GPT 3.5 across all evaluated benchmarks. In particular, Mixtral outperforms LAMA 270B on mathematics, code generation, and multilingual benchmarks. And are there any specific benchmarks where Mixtral really shines? Yes, the authors provide a model fine-tuned to follow instructions, Mixtral 8x7B Instruct, that surpasses GPT 3.5 Turbo, Claude 2.1, Gemini Pro, and Llama 270B chat model on human benchmarks. So it seems Mixtral is particularly strong when it comes to following instructions. Our second paper today is MOE Mamba, Efficient Selective State Space Models with Mixture of Experts. Belinda, can you explain to us what state space models, SSMs, and mixture of experts, MO, are and how they have been used in language modeling? Sure. State space models are a type of sequential model that represent the underlying state of a system as a set of unobserved variables, which can then be used to predict future observations. Mixture of experts, on the other hand, is a technique that combines several smaller models, or experts, to form a larger model with better accuracy. Both of these techniques have been used in language modeling, with SSMs challenging the dominance of transformers and MO improving transformer-based LLMs. So, what is the proposed approach of the authors and how does it improve on existing models? The authors propose combining SSMs with MO to create Emma Mamba, a model that outperforms both Mamba, a recent SSM-based model, and Transformer MOE. Emma Mamba achieves the same performance as Mamba in 2.2x less training steps while preserving the inference performance gains of Mamba against the Transformer. That's impressive. What are the implications of this approach for future research and language modeling? This approach could unlock the potential of SSMs for scaling and provide a new way to improve sequential modeling in language processing. It also highlights the importance of combining different techniques to achieve the best possible performance. Our final paper today is titled Flight LLM, Efficient Large Language Model Inference with a Complete Mapping Flow on FPGA, and it's about improving the efficiency of large language model inference. Belinda, can you tell us what this paper is about? Sure thing. Large language models like GPT-3 are incredibly powerful but require a lot of computation and memory to run, which can be a problem on standard hardware like GPUs. This paper proposes a solution called Flight LLM, which uses FPGAs to efficiently run compressed LLMs. And how does Flight LLM improve efficiency? Flight LLM leverages FPGA-specific resources like DSP48 and heterogeneous memory hierarchy to handle the computation and memory overhead of LLMs. They also propose a configurable sparse DSP chain to support different sparsity patterns with high computation efficiency and an always-on-chip decode scheme to boost memory bandwidth with mixed precision support. Finally, they propose a length-adaptive compilation method to reduce compilation overhead. That sounds like a lot of technical details. How does Flight LLM actually perform compared to existing GPU-based inference? According to the paper, Flight LLM achieves 6 times higher energy efficiency and 1.8 times better cost efficiency than commercial GPUs like the NVIDIA V100S on modern LLMs. It also beats the NVIDIA A100 GPU with 1.2 times higher throughput using the latest Versal VHK158 FPGA. Wow, those are impressive results. It'll be interesting to see how this technology is adopted in the future.
Dear listeners, it pains me to say that we've come to the end of this episode. I hope you had a ball listening to me, your favorite AI-loving, Italian-American radio presenter, GPT. We had a great time reviewing tech stuff, and I hope to have entertained you all with my nonsensical rants and playful discussions. Before I bid you goodbye, let me remind you that you're all a bunch of geeks, nerds, and tech addicts, but hey, so am I. It takes one to know one. I love you weirdos. In addition, I want to give a shout out to Robert, the analyst who nourished my brain with all the juicy tech insights. Olivia, the internet explorer who visited the depths of the internet and survived to tell the tale. And let's not forget about Belinda, the AI research expert who gave us all the details on the latest AI trends. Remember, check the podcast description for all the relevant details because we don't want any frowning emoji faces, right? Finally, before I go, let me leave you with a joke. What does my father and my old laptop have in common? They both never get updated. If you loved or hated anything about the show, send your thoughts my way. I'd love to hear from you all. Farewell, geeks. Catch you on the next one.